what people get to experience from Omar Altakori. You had such a foundational role in that. And so welcome Daniel Fernandez to the department. How do I teach people to not need me? Which is like the worst business model and slash ministry, ministry model, model sure. ever. But that's what Jesus that's the did. Goal. The whole point of what Jesus was doing for three and a half years with his disciples was unpreparing you. Do you have the tools to be better when I'm gone? And I actually think that's what culture is. Yeah. Culture isn't when you're in the room saying it. Culture is actually when you're gone, what is happening? You learn not by doing, you learn by thinking about what you're doing. If we can't clearly articulate something to someone, then you don't have the concept, you don't have mastery of that concept. If you can get substance, but substance comes from thinking and substance comes from discipline. And those are things that anyone can do. Here's just a hypothetical situation. Okay. I have a date on the calendar and I need to communicate. Okay. I might be doing a business meeting. I might be preaching a sermon on a Sunday, okay. you know, a web class or something. And I feel like I have nothing right now. Okay. But it's on the calendar. So, and we're talking, yeah, and we're talking about di for different contexts. Um, I would. Welcome to the department podcast where we bring people who are owning it in their department. And today, Today's department is the preaching department. You know, Daniel Fernandez is responsible for, number one, showing me the power of discipleship and the importance of it um, in any sector, the, the power of raising somebody up and being intentional about building somebody else's life. Um, secondly, he's been solely responsible for teaching me biblical interpretation and um, following him in his ministry when he used to be like my youth young adult pastor and we you know, I was a leader in his youth ministry. Um, he took seven weeks, six or seven weeks. He mm -hmm. said, meet me at Starbucks, 6 a.m. I'm going to teach you how to interpret scripture. <laughs> and those have probably been one of the most revolutionary uh, seven weeks or six weeks of my life. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about like that, like a month's time frame, a month and a half. Yeah. And what people get to experience from Omar Al-Takori on a content standpoint, yeah. on a pastoral standpoint, on a communicator standpoint is uh, you had such a foundational role in that. And yeah. so thank him, you know, <laughs> as uh, you listen to this conversation. And I, I think you should because we all communicate. It yeah. doesn't matter if you're communicating your family, communicating at a meeting uh, to your spouse, your girlfriend, um, but he would be probably one of the best communicators of the gospel, in my opinion. Just the way he does it makes you feel encouraged to want mm -hmm. to know God's word. And so welcome Dan Fernand, Daniel Fernandez, to what, the department. What an, what an introduction. I um, won't be able to do that with everybody. <laughs> um, Some people I'm going to be like, introduce yourself. <laughs> you know? well, you uh, so I think just thinking about the significance of this year, it's 2023, the fact that I've known you now for 10 years, which is kind of wild. Um, and I mean, the moment I moved to Vegas, it has always been um, before Vegas, my dad's church uh, here in Vegas, but it's always been, how can I help other people understand what I've kind of, the thoughts, the concepts I've captured, I fully understand. I've never been the guy that's like, here's the thought. Isn't that an amazing thought? I've been like, here's the thought, but do you want to know how I came to that conclusion? Right. And I, I feel like that's the space that I'm kind of tapping into even more so of like, uh, you know, how did, how did I come up with this? So even like sermon development, yeah. like anybody, I don't say anybody could preach a good sermon, but 
it is very hard to teach people how you preached a good sermon. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like 100. you could like, here's my amazing message. Awesome. How did you do that? Right. And very few people I'm finding can actually articulate that. How yes. do you synthesize, quantify like that information? And it goes back to even like what Paul said to Timothy. He's like, follow the pattern right. of right teaching. Yep. We're like, we're telling people what things are. Here's the, I, and I, you know, I think that one of my issues, like even with like uh, Christian content, whatever, is that we are like even devos and stuff. Like, here's what the Bible says about sorrow, about peace. I'm like, I think where I lean more so is like, how did you come up with that? Oh man, where's it, are we teaching people a pattern? How do you like? How do I teach people to not need me? Mm. Which is like the worst business model and slash ministry, ministry model, model sure. ever. But that's what Jesus that's the goal. did. Jesus taught his disciples, and I heard someone say this, I don't want to take credit for it, but Jesus uh, prepared his disciples not for his presence, but his absence. Like, mm. that's really the whole Dude. point. Like, his, he was prepared, and yes, theologically, he was always going to be with them, yes. right? But his absence in person, and like the whole point of what Jesus was doing for three and a half years with his disciples was, I'm preparing you. Do you have the tools to be better? when I'm gone, when I'm not in this, this physical presence. And I feel like right now we're, I mean, we're preparing people for more of our presence. Like we, we have people need us more. I'm like, mm. the longer I've discipled someone, the less they should need me. Say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's just what it is. Yeah. And that's how you know you're being successful. Right. So, And it's crazy because that's counterintuitive. It is. It you want to be sense. in more demand. We yes. want we want to be relied on even more. Right. But that isn't the goal. No. And this is, this is, this goes, this is leadership. This Dude, is uh, discipleship. Every it's every, every, every sphere. Every literally, sphere. it doesn't matter what you're doing. The question is, what happens when you are gone? Yep. And I actually think that's what culture is. Yeah. Culture isn't when you're in the room saying it yep. and what this, you know, you know, this is the culture of the company. This is what we believe. This is our values. No, culture is actually when you're gone, what is happening? Yep. That's actual culture. There's a scripture too. Um, I think it's at Philippians and I, I don't have- Dude, I'm the worst. At that. <laughs> I, I know it's in the Bible though. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's definitely in the Bible. Um, but there's a scripture that Paul's talking to the to one of the churches and he says, um, you've been great to obey in my presence, mm. but he says much more now obey in my absence. And that's, dude, if there, if there's a scripture that captures just that, that what we're talking about, like, are people better in our absence? Are they not just better, but are they doing more yeah. in our absence? That really shows the quality of leadership. Um, that we've poured into people. Yeah, uh, are people better once we're we're gone? Once we've kind of laid our our hands, our fingerprints, our our help, and then boom, leave. Are they becoming better? Yeah, that's a t a test of Dude, leadership. Which is why I I wanted to do this because <laughs> you, you haven't you haven't actually told or taught me anything in a while. It, it, like let's yeah. just say five years, six yeah. years. Yeah, but the the time spent, yeah. the time with you, the time we uh, we we lived. Uh, yeah. um, closely and work together that yeah. it left a lasting impact yeah. that like literally is now impacting so many people it's Crazy. weird you're like i'm a behind the scenes guy you know like i've always been yeah. and i've always felt that whisper like you're gonna be in front one day <laughs> yeah. so prepare and so mm -hmm. I, that's why i paid attention you mean there was other people at that coffee table yep. that you invited to mm -hmm. maybe like six or eight people yeah and you gave them opportunities to to speak after those moments and we've talked about it like did they even listen did they even they didn't even listen. Yeah, but like there, there was always something in my like. I always wanted to, like, yeah. like I kept that. You know, I think the one of the themes that I'm sensing 
people know how to do a thing, yeah. but they don't know how to tell somebody why they did it or how they got there. Right. It's self-awareness. Yep. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. I, I, I do tell a lot of people because a lot of people will ask me business advice, ministry stuff. Yeah. They'll start building something. Yeah. And I always tell them like, just be, know what you're building and how you're building it. Yeah. S- start keeping a list because one day somebody's going to need that, that list. Like I have a friend who does nails, you know, she's, uh, she was doing it out of her house yeah. and, and built her clientele huge without <laughs> even a certification. Wow. And she's just like moving so quickly. And I'm like, Venus, like, just, just write down what you're doing. Think about like you starting an LLC, you know, yeah. like you're, 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 you're getting a business and just being cognizant, self-aware of Dude, your processes. Absolutely. And, and it's so, to help the next person. Yeah. yeah. And there's this quote and I, I, I don't know who said this. I mean, I'm just going to say, I there. said it, um, <laughs> uh, but you, you learn, it's about education and you, and, and learning, but you learn not by doing, you learn by thinking about what you're doing. Ooh. That's, that's the key. Like, that's the difference between like, yes, do, but also think about what you're doing while you do. And that I think has been the key for me, even in sermon development and like discipleship is I don't just, cause I don't want to say anyone could disciple, but yes, in some cases, like anyone can disciple, but can anyone teach other people to disciple? Right. You know, um, how, how did you do what you're doing? And I think it comes from not just doing, but thinking about what you're doing. I think that's why you're being so effective in what you're doing is you've been strategic in the way I don't just want to set up a camera like, and record something. It's like, I'm thinking strategically about what I'm doing in every step. And that's the, the game change in, in preaching and ministry and business in whatever sphere thinking about that's, that's learning. I heard this at a conference. Somebody said it. (laughs) (laughs) All the the whole thing is just, everyone said all this. But they came from somewhere. But it it was like, somebody said, people think they're thinking Mm -hmm. when they're, when they're thinking, when they're not thinking. Yeah. Uh, And it's, it's crazy Mm -hmm. how, how important thinking about something is. Yes. I did a web class for somebody else months ago. Yeah. And he introduced me as a thought leader. And that was the first time somebody introduced me as a thought leader. When it comes to this content Mm -hmm. creation game, Omar is a thought leader. And I was like, whoa, that was a very honoring, you know, introduction. But I realized like, I've been thinking about this thing for 15 years. Mm -hmm. I am a thought leader. Like, you know, and, and, and yeah, we don't take the time to think. Let's just, let's just talk about like, how do you think? (sighs) Have you ever asked yourself the question, Omar, how the heck does your videos look and sound so dang crispy? It's literally the number one question I get asked, whether it's privately in the DMs or people commenting on my videos on Instagram or even on YouTube. The reality is I believe the quality of videos that I've been able to produce has been the recipe to my success online. And I want to give you access to my live document where I've listed out everything I use, both for the podcasts I create to the YouTube videos I make, as well as to what I use for my smartphone to make it look and sound amazing. The reason I put it on a live doc is because I keep this document updated in real time with everything that I'm using. So just head over to the videodepth.co forward slash crispy, or just click the link down in the show notes. Let's get back to the conversation. How do you think about what you're doing? I think you, I mean, for me personally, I'm, I'm writing stuff down. Mm. I, I think it gets as practical as that. Like I'm also talking to like having someone to talk about it with, I think is also a big part of it is 
does this make sense? Because some things make sense in our mind. So like, again, right. I'm, and I'm bringing it back to sermon development, right? Like, um, okay, how do I think about a sermon? I, I like to, so I'm writing stuff down, but also I'm talking to someone else about it. Does this make sense? Right? Like it's some things make sense in my own mind, but when I start talking about it with someone, I'm like this, it makes sense for me, but it's still confusing for you. So that helps me like, rethink how I'm thinking about it. I'm yeah. also, I think now when it comes to sermons, I am thinking about creating like, you know, in the scripture it says, um, in the pathways, like you're walking in the steps of the pathways of, uh, of faith that Abraham or that these, it's like, am I creating a pathway for this? I don't, am I making this too complicated? And that goes behind the, like, I don't just want to be deep for deep sake. Right. Like just to, I'm not just thinking about, oh, this is going to make a great freaking like right. preaching reel or whatever. That's like, that's in my mind, but it's very, it takes very little space in my brain. I'm thinking, how can what I'm doing right now is someone else able to do it as well? Like, yeah. is, are they able to take these steps? Now, there are some things that it's taken years to, to learn, right? Like, I have been to college, to Bible college. I've mm -hmm. written a lot of papers. I've preached thousands, thousands of sermons to different contexts. You have to also be reasonable in the way you think of it. Like, okay, in one conversation, you're not going to have like 15 years of experience. Right. But practically, what are some basic steps that I can, as I'm thinking through this, how can I... I'm thinking about not just doing, but I'm thinking about what I'm doing is I'm thinking about the person coming behind yes. me. And that's just goes back to intention, yes. which somebody can implement at any stage. Right. You could be intentional with yes. whatever it is you're doing, even if you're new at what it is you're doing. Yeah. Just that, that intention matters. Yeah. Um, and if we're not, if we can't clearly articulate something to someone, then you don't have the concept, you don't have mastery of that concept. I like if you, oh dude, it's you so know, good. like if people think they do, but when you ask simple questions like, okay, how and why they're like, oh, they get stuck. And that's because we haven't been thinking about this. When you, when we say we, you learn by not just doing, but thinking about what you're doing. The point is that you're learn you're thinking about what you're doing to be able to teach this stuff. Right. So if that concept is not, if what the practical things you're thinking about isn't like, it's not practical and understandable to other people, then you're, you've got to rethink how you're thinking about rethink it. Rethink how you're thinking. Rethink how you're thinking. It's like the uh, no, redundant. Dude, I think but Landon, Landon shot says, if you can't articulate it, then it can't be replicated. Dude. And, yep. and that's so much yeah. you thinking about how it's articulated. This is mm -hmm. why I, I like coming back to like how important communication yes, is. Yeah. Like, it's not just that I'm saying it, it's how I'm saying it. Yeah. And how, how can I make this resonate? How can I make this, uh, you know, uh, memorable? Yeah. And that, you know, what, what thinking has done for me as somebody who's in my lane doing my thing has allowed me to come up with formulas and frameworks around yeah. things people Dude, want to try and do. 100%. And, and that's where you can really go crazy with. Bro, here's the crazy thing about thinking. Thinking is not attached to personality. Mm. It's legit. It's not. Right. Like, and you could have the worst personality and be a, a great thinker. In fact, most people that are kind of weird are great thinkers. Yeah. 
you, you know, I think where we are right now in culture and I think kind of, and I'm speaking solely to like the Christian culture, but I think beyond that, I think we're so caught up on style. We want to, we want to emulate styles. I see this style. I see this YouTube. I see this preacher. I see this style. It's crazy. Style is, is attached to personality, but like what I'm trying to teach like younger people is dude, if you can get substance, get like, but substance comes from thinking and substance comes from discipline. Mm. And those are things that anyone can do. You don't have to have this. I think that's where, do you see the tension of that? Oh, like dude, it's crazy. you're trying to be this style yes, and it's like, that doesn't require this. And what's crazy is that style looks easy to them right? because it's them. It's them. Yeah. And I think about that with like teaching yeah. styles, yep. like whiteboard teachers, yeah. pe- preachers who use a screen, people who don't even use their notes. You like, and, and yeah. I, I, I think I'm, 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 I have a proclivity to like certain types of styles Sure, and you, maybe you could pull a little bit from it, but even in the context of actual like dressing up, they say you can't buy style. Right. Like when somebody is just a well-dressed human being, yep. you know, you could just feel it and tell that it's like they make yeah. it look so natural. Yeah. You know, somebody asked me, uh, I went to a conference yesterday and he was like, should I tuck in my shirt or not? Should I do the, I'm like, so you want me to just tell you what I would do? Mm. Like, no, do what feels right. Yeah. Like and be do, you. And if it, if it looks good on you, because yeah. some things won't look good. And right. we're trying to just carbon copy this style, whether it's physical or stylistically in like a, a you know communication, it's not going to work, man. And I what was so yep. what is so cool about approaching whatever field with thinking first is that your 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 personality can shape around the thought of mm, who you are so and what good. you're building, wow. and it's just going to be unique. It's going to be you. That's why you know I think you're so unique too because you're. It's you're just like kind of matter of fact, like you're funny, but you're not trying to be funny. You're just you're a you're a thought leader. You're not a style leader, but you happen to also have great fashion, which is freaking annoying. <laughs> but like you you lead the way through thinking, and your personality has attached to that as well. So you're not you didn't look at someone and go, "That's the style I want," because right. there's there was no one. What ha- that's another thing. What if there is no one that has a style of communicating or whatever you want to do. Right. That's where this comes in. That's literally when I'm just going to be straight up. That's when the unlock for my calling happened was when I realized that I don't have the example. I am the example. Yeah. And if you're looking to create high quality content for your business or brand, I want to encourage you to check out my signature course called start your studio. This is where I help entrepreneurs and content creators dial in their signature setup by showing you what gear to buy based on your budget, how to set it up, and then ultimately how to use it. I've designed this programs from the frustrations that come from people on my videos that get millions of views where I get thousands of comments. And so this is something I found out that you don't need the best gear, you need the right gear. So whether you're showing up weekly on a Zoom call or you're looking to start creating high quality videos to increase the leads into your business, I would encourage you to check out startyourstudio.com. I'll post a link to it in the description of this episode. Like <laughs> you were behind the scenes and, and now you're front in front. You're a pastor, but you're yeah. also like a, a, a content creator, your business ministry, People like all like, these things. Are these are things one. I thought about yep. and I and I had a hard time stepping into it because I was like, I don't, f- I can't find the formula or I can't find, find yep. the framework. And so it wasn't until somebody said, 
Omar, for you, it's to create it. This was Heather Torres. She said, for you, it's both. Yep. Like you have a call to do both. There's a grace for you to do both. Yeah. And when I just like accepted that, it's weird how now I have, now I am a style. Yeah. Because I've walked into my very. Yes. And that's the thing too. Your style will come. Yeah. But if we start on style, it, it's, it's not going to happen. You have to start on substance. You have to start on, and I'm not trying to bring it all back to the substance, preaching. Substance is going to sustain the style. Substance will sustain, and okay. substance will create the style. Mm. And then we'll sustain the style. So good. A hundred percent. Because sometimes you don't know what style you even want, but start with the substance. That's what I, that's. What I talk about when it comes to preaching, I'm not, even in like the workshops I've done with, with preaching, which I've done one workshop. You've done a couple. I've done a couple, couple. but like one specifically for pre, I've done two actually. Do you help? You've helped dozens and dozens of yeah. people write, write, develop, and communicate. Yeah. But yeah. even where I'm like finding more of the, the niche of like where the help is, it's like, some people come and they want like, oh, dude, I want to, I want this style. I'm like, bro, this is not, say let me style. tell you, let me tell no, I'm not going to say it, but here's the, so <laughs> here's know. like, they're like, here's what this whole thing is not. I, I cannot, I don't want to even touch the style and like communication styles. Let me help you develop like the content, the substance, the depth that when people listen to you speak and preach you are giving them the word of God. Let's so, do yeah. justice to the word of God. How about that? So the most important that? thing that we should be communicating, the word of God. How about we give that its due justice, its due time. And it's all, it. it's a discipline. Right. It's no, Paul it really, said like, uh, you know, study the scriptures to rightly, rightly divide, divide the, word. the word of truth. Like the Greek word, the idea is like chiseling away of stone. Yeah, grab a rock and start chiseling away. That's a it's hard work. It's yeah. precision. It takes time. It takes discipline. You have to have the right tools to do that. So I, to me, I'm like, let's focus on getting. Because, dude, let's be let's be honest. Like where we are right now in like the the church culture, what makes good preaching? What makes what makes good sermons? That's where I'm at. I'm yeah. asking those questions. Who's a leading voice? Now I happen to think your brother is actually it's a amazing. freaking phenomenal preacher. Yeah. But like, who's like, who's, you know, what makes what stirs you up when you hear someone speak? I'm thinking today where we are is that there is there is a plethora of styles. But there are few people that have like a substance that when you listen, like it's what the Emmaus road that did our hearts not burn inside of us. It's the Mary to Elizabeth, like my, my baby leapt inside of me yeah. when it heard your greeting, like that kind of like, oh my, like substance. you have something, I, my gosh, it's the, it's, and everyone could have it if they just, if they think about what they're doing, just take time to think a little bit deeper, think a little bit harder. I know you're thinking about how you're dressed. Great. Dude, freaking. Don't worry about your outfit. Focus on the outline. <laughs> we came up with that. <laughs> just now. Um, so that that's a lot of the, the conversations I'm having with even younger, like 20, 21, 22 year old, like youth pastors, preachers. I'm like, let's dude, how can you preach with substance? Yeah. What are the steps? What are the you know, yeah, the I think development. And I think it's a miss, you know, um, that de de they're missing the definition of what substance is because they think substance is uh, style, yeah. And great communicators make it look like that, right? You think 
that that the style is the substance. I yeah. And and so what what comes to mind is because I would say my brothers always told me that I have I don't have a content issue when I'm creating a sermon. I'll like you've to, you've taught me the right tools. Like yeah. I won't I won't miss it and as yeah, far yeah. as like biblically theologically yeah. sound. And then but but he's told me he's like now it's time to add the the feel the stories. Yes. which should come later. And you've taught me this too. Don't yeah. start with stories. No, or commentary. Or commentary. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, and, and I, I mean, I hate to say that we're, we're literally at the place where there's a lot of young people. There's a lot in. of young people starting with the story. I have oh this story. Gosh. Oh, where can I find the connection in scripture oh my with gosh. my story and then build dude, some, dude. Your brother actually said this, Michael, shout out to Michael Eltak, but he said this in one of his preaching things he did, but he was like, we, it's not about not telling stories. It's about like, we're telling unnecessary stories, Ooh. you know, like tell the story, the story, story, scripture's filled with stories. Yeah. It's a, basically a, a book of stories, but we just, we start with this, oh my gosh, I have this fire story of like a car that cut me off and it's like a, my wife or my husband, whatever. It's like the story. And then you're like, how can I find a scripture Dude, to go? That is the worst way to approach scripture and sermon writing. Yeah. Start with, I tell people the last thing you should do is, is incorporate stories because I'm like, maybe I'm like too purist in it too. Like, I just want to preach the Bible and then I will, at the end, I'll be like, okay, this is a part that I feel like a, a, yeah, a vulnerable it. moment, a story and that, that I that think came could, in your preparation. It came in prep. It didn't it, start. It didn't start. No, you cannot originate. A sermon should not originate from a story. Mm. It, it just, and call, maybe that's controversial. No, but it's true. It should be scripture, story, okay, not story, I, scripture. I do have a question. Yeah. How do you distinguish a God thought that does happen before, like, let's say you have this God thought we were talking at uh, okay, breakfast, yeah. a God thought versus a story that, that God's involved in. So, which, which could, could, could lead to the God thought. Yeah. But like, I don't know, how do you, would you determine that? I, I honestly, um, I guess my brain doesn't even think, think that way. Yeah. I'm, I'm more so, and we were talking, you know, earlier, but I'm thinking of like, I'm not thinking stories. I'm thinking people. I'm thinking like, where are the people at? It's just, it's just always, think, it's going, it's always going back to like, are you even thinking to begin with? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I don't want to, I know I have a story or whatever it is or the God thought, but also we what define God thought. Yeah. Like a God thought could be, um, I, I don't know, like a, about like what we were just talking about. A God thought could just be like, Hey, the church yes it just announced a big moment. Like the, the building is coming fall of, you know, next fall. Right. The God thought could be like, isn't it crazy that we could have these moments in our life that God kind of has this announcement, like here's your future, but it's still there, yeah. but it's built. It's, it, or it's, it's on its blueprint. Yeah. But like we're still having to build something like how does that apply? So I think that's almost like a God thought. A God oh, yeah. thought is a biblical theme as well. Biblical, a, yep, love that. Faith, hope, that's a God thought. Anything that the Bible says, like anything that's good and pleasing to God, like God thoughts, I think can inspire you to first sermon writing. But to me, I- You need I, to have those foundational you things. You have to, I'm like, okay, that, I have the God thought now. Okay, let me, I'm like, 
connect this to a scripture. Like, yeah. it, and and here's the thing: I hold the God thought loosely, and Boom. if the scripture doesn't align, I'm not forcing it. I let that God thought go because that could be a God thought for another time. Yeah. So I'm just. So it's like tuck it away. Doesn't mean that it's. It may not just be for now. Uh, Maybe a later message, but like go to this scripture. I'm like, again, I'm like kind of a purist with it. Like starting with the scripture, let the God thought originate from the scripture and let that kind of be your, and that's why I'm like, dude, get in the word. If you're not not in the word, people, it's like, how how do you get sermons? I'm like the word. (laughs) My 15 minutes a day gets me so much. You know, the, the daily Devo is honestly, I would say 90% of the sermons, unless Pastor Jabin would be like, hey, we're in this series, yes. study this scripture. Yes. I actually like those guardrails. I know, I you know. Because because we have the I have the system in place. And that's where I say, sometimes you write out of like that scripture, you know, the in, the inspiration, but sometimes you write out of just discipline. Yes. You know, when I used, used to be here in Vegas, we were doing a First Peter series, like here are your scriptures. Cool. Then I... I believe in the sovereignty of God that you've assigned. My pastor didn't assign this to me. God assigned this to me. So I want to be responsible with this text. And awesome. Like that's, I kind of like that too, because you feel like I do take it as like, okay, that's what God wants me to preach. Is the, is my pastor God? No, but I believe that God uses leadership to here. Here's what it is. So I'm going to take that as if God dropped this on me. And I'm gonna do it's uh, it's do it justice. So yeah, and I, I do I I love it when and like you you've taught me too like when you actually understand these things whatever we're talking about like the processes the discipline yeah. when you understand it now when you hear teaching or preaching yeah. that's just kind of like uh, hype and dude, there's no substance you, and you're like dude that you you missed it, it yeah it was in the text you yeah. know I I love writing. Um, you know, expositional yeah. sermons because there's literally sermons in in scripture, yeah, and you could find it in one line, yep. You know, and and then I don't know, it, it it's something I love to do. I I actually have a hard time when when it is just topical. I understand there's makes there's time yeah. for topical teaching, mm-hmm. leadership conference. Here are ten things that I learned sure. in leader, whatever whatever that may be, financial, relational, but more often than I just more often than not teaching this just. Just give the people the word, dude. The word. Uh, I was um, preaching, and I'm preaching tomorrow as well, but I'm preaching the same message I preached last weekend at this other church tomorrow. And the the whole thing was like, I'm talking about Acts 19, um, and it's when Paul gets to uh, Ephesus and he's like, uh, he says like, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, we didn't even hear there was a Holy Spirit. But in order to right. understand Acts chapter 19, you have to understand Acts chapter 18. What happens there is like Priscilla and Aquila have this encounter with Apollos. And Apollos, it says that he was a learned man, taught Jesus accurately, but he only knew John's baptism, which is a way to say he only knew he didn't know the baptism in the spirit. He didn't, he didn't right. have the, the infilling in that way of the Holy spirit. So it's building on this theme of, of believers that have, they're teaching accurately. They're doing the work of the ministry, but they're lacking just that baptism, that, that one up of the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. So then enter Acts chapter 19, Paul arrives back in Ephesus and he shakes some believers going, did you receive the Holy Spirit? So Acts chapter 19 only makes sense in light of Acts chapter 18. Right. And like, but that's expositional. Right. Is you're just, you're really 
like it's 30,000 foot view. And then like, have you, have you ever, I, this is my favorite example of Bible reading. Like it's airplane, it's like car, and then it's bike, and then it's walking, and then it's crawling. So cool. And so you can yeah. have this like, thir- there are the 30,000 foot view. Like, let me summarize the whole life of Abraham. Cool. To get to this final, like sacrifice of Isaac. Awesome. And then there's like the car. It's a little bit, think about when you're driving from LA to Vegas, like, like you can see a little bit different, more detail than when you're in the mountains. Like, Oh, let me stop here. Oh, let me, st- we're stopping by Zizix or whatever. It's Zizix like road. Zizix road. Like you, you see more detail. And then think about if you're riding a bike, hmm. it's like, Oh, I'm really, I can see like things I couldn't see before. Think about when you're walking. Everything. Like, have you, I, have you ever walked, um, so, like a, a path? Yes, I have walked. Okay. Just good. kidding. All right, here we go. No, but like, have you ever walked a path that you have, that you drive all the time Yes. and you start to notice things that you have never seen before? Oh, dang. This is uphill. I felt that like yeah. around my house, like yeah. there's, there's, there's uphill what you don't feel the uphill when you're driving. Yeah. But when you're walking, you're like, oh, this is like taking Dude, it's a little Bible bit. reading. Yeah. So when good. you slow down to observe the text, like you are in that way. Like one of my favorite things when I preach, um, that we'll finish that thought. When you oh, yeah, observe, yeah. when you observe Bible re- reading in that way. When when you observe Bible reading that way, you're gonna see things that are not found in like a commentary that's not it's like that's how you get to yes. original thoughts in scripture and i want to say original but like even accurate yeah like that's what the scripture actually is saying yes and then think about if you're crawling like you're on your hands and knees like on the road think about the things that you would see in scripture think about it when you slow down i know we all want to be obsessed with like daily bible readings but i have this thing i've been doing where i spend one week on one chapter so cool because that allows you 30,000 foot view, airplane, car, <laughs> bike, walk, crawl. And you will, it'll be, it's a game trip. Well, what, I got to get through my year, but who put yeah, that on you? Dude, like, <laughs> I did, I tried it twice and I don't like what it did in me. No, it, it made it about for some completion, people, accomplishment. Yeah. And like, it's cool. Yeah, like, I Amanda's think it's doing it right now to feel like accomplished, yeah. awesome, but. For me internally, I, it didn't. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. But dude, imagine spending one. I'm gonna take the entire week to focus on one chapter. Imagine how how much study and thought and meditation. That's why David said, "I meditate on God's word day and night." Like, are we actually taking that time to meditate yep. on what we've we've been reading? But when you're on an airplane, does you can't on a car. Like it's gotta be kind of like the different levels. So which yeah, I mean I think, yeah. you know, Nathan Finocchio talks about the the shred. Yes. And it's and it it's intended to be airplane. It's intended to just fly through. Actually don't stop. Don't just, stop. Just go. Don't get the don't, general like yeah. where where is everything? Yeah. Oh, that's where Michigan is, right? Like you're flying just, over the goes, United States. It just goes like, back to intention though. Yes. So like still starting with you know, the the intention and the thought of why I'm why am I doing this? Yeah. And I think that's kind of like the, it's been like the theme of the conversation is just yeah. be intentional, thinking about what it is you're doing and why you're doing it and yeah. how, how somebody else can do it with you. And like one of the things that, and I was going to say this um, before, but like one of my favorite things when I preach um, isn't that people, oh, that was good. But it's, it's this statement right here. They go, I've been reading that my whole life and, or for how I've, I've never seen that 
but now I can't unsee it. It's right there. I'm like, all you got to do is just stop and read it. Like it is literally, see, we're, when we teach sermons today, I think we're, you know, and I think it comes to style and stuff, but like, we're, we're trying to get too deep sometimes. Mm. Like it's not the look behind, like, oh, it's the, and the connection and the stretch. Like you got the, you just <laughs> trying to put these two. And it's like, dude, it's there. Right. And that's my, my favorite thing when Love I it. preach and people go, dude, didn't even see that. it's, it's right there. I'm like, isn't that crazy? And you just, it's right there. And all it took was observing the text right. of slowing down and looking at what's there. Um, that already will give you immense substance when yeah. you preach that level of think about stand-up comedy i love like jerry seinfeld said like referring to someone that came up with a really funny bit he's like the amount the level that that person had to crawl on their hands and knees to get to that thought is what fascinates me is like you went so deep into this little rabbit hole of that joke it's original. Yeah. And I think that's when I think about Bible and study and sermon development, I'm like, just crawl a little bit, yeah. like 30, all the stuff, but like do get in it, observe the text, keep looking at it, see what's actually there. What if I told you that you can use my studio here in Las Vegas to record your video podcast? The answer to that question is yes. The video department is the cleanest and crispiest video podcast studio in Las Vegas, hands down, and you'll get access to my team, my equipment, and all those things. So all you have to do is literally schedule the conversation, come in and get it captured. Does that sound good? Then check out the videodep.co slash studio. I'll be sure to post a link to it down in the show notes, but either way, don't miss this opportunity on starting a video podcast this year. Um, so no, and that's why I love, I love the power of God's word in that, that you can yeah. literally hear a sermon yep. this many times. Now, now it's your turn to communicate the sermon the way you've observed it with your experiences, yes. with your processes, and that you can literally get something different. Yeah. It's, and um, yeah, I think about that, like, there, there are, I've preached on the prodigal son, which I'm like, dude, I've heard one preacher preach the prodigal son 30 times. Like how, yeah. and it's almost like how God show me something that I have not yet seen or heard. And yeah. it's so cool that like, yes, when you just dwell on it um, yeah. and when you have those processes in place, um, it, it really can illuminate something you've never seen before. Yeah. And then you realize I've heard it 30 times. Yep. I'm probably going to be the first time I'm, I'm somebody's first time, first hearing, time it. hearing it. And so it has to have substance. Yep. It has to have you yeah. um as uh, you know as as you've developed that thought or whatever it is you're doing in regards to your sermon writing process yeah, yeah. so i have a question yeah like here's just a hypothetical situation okay. i have a date on the calendar and i need to communicate and it's it's either it's in front of people okay i might be doing a business meeting i might be preaching a sermon on a sunday okay. i might be um you know doing a you know a web class or something and I feel like I have nothing right now. Okay. What would you tell the person? What What was like? I got nothing to say right now. Yeah. But I. But the opera. But the. But it's on the calendar. Okay. Ooh. As somebody um, who communicates often. So and we're talking. Yeah, and we're talking about di for different contexts. Um, I would. I. First of all, I think I have nothing to say is a lie. That's good. Because I think you do. If that opportunity and that thing is in the calendar, I think that you do have something to say. So I think even just starting with there, you, you've got something. It's just now what in your arsenal 
do you have that maybe needs to be polished a little bit of developed? So it's like, do you have the kind of thing ready to go? Like your, your go-to, or is it like kind of a newer thing that you have to continue to work on? Um, so I would say number one, um, don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. You have something to share. If God opened that door, if you, that opportunity, you have something to share. Um, the second thing is, okay, now it's thinking audience. Okay. If I'm doing, if I'm doing something for youth pastors, I have a, maybe it's going to be more leadership discipleship bent. If I'm doing something for business or like I've, I've done stuff for, for our athletes, different it's, it's framed differently. So now that's going to help me hone the message a little bit more. Cause I'm thinking audience, once I have Dude, love it. the audience and I have a little bit more of the, what the type of message, then I start to go, okay, let's now kind of, all right, if I'm talking to youth pastors, what do I, what am I seeing in youth ministry right now? Quit being crazy. Like freaking stop being a weirdo, you know, no, no. Like, yeah. you know, I, I would kind of develop something for me personally. I'm not, it's working smarter, not harder. Right. And like you say this of like, um, capturing content while you're doing content in that way of like, yeah. I don't know, you say it kind of like that, but I, I think about that when like, why restudy for something when I've already done the study preaching a thousand sermons. So there's gotta be a sermon if I'm talking to youth pastors that it, there's at least two little things in there that I can turn into a leadership thought. Yeah. So don't like, almost like you don't have to recreate the work, just do what you've done before, but like hone it to that context. So if I was doing a youth pastor thing in three weeks, it's on the calendar. I don't believe the lie. I think about youth pastors. Okay. I have this message about when Moses strikes the rock and the concept is, is the first time God said, speak to the rock. The second time he said, strike the rock. Um, or it was, no, the first time strike, the second time he said, speak, but he struck the rock. Now the whole point is that Moses struck the rock. Um, water still came out, but here's the question I, I was asking is I'm like, the people did not know what God said to Moses. Moses knew what God said to Moses. Yeah. Here's what's crazy is that water still came out even though Moses was disobedient. And I think that's where a lot of our, our generation of youth leaders are, is that we are seeing good outcomes uh, that ver that validate Date. bad behavior. You know what I'm saying? Like, And so we have this excuse, well, water still came out, even though that's not what God told me to do. Even though you don't know what God told me to do, but I know what God told me to do, right. but water still came out. So we validate bad behavior and disobedience because water's still coming out. Not because of our goodness, because of God's freaking sovereignty right. and he'll do it for the sake of his people. But we take that as like, oh, I got influence. I got open doors. Water's my, my still coming growing. out. So that's what I would do if I was doing a youth pastor thing. Dude, that's so good. You and know? I, I even think about it in the, like the content creator workflow. Like yep. you're getting in front of the camera. You have nothing to say. Dude, number one, you do have something to say. That's why you've yes. gotten in front of the camera. Yes. Number two, think about the audience. 100%. The creator who understands the viewer best wins. Yes. Put, put yourself in, I like a Pastor Jensen would say, sit where the people sit. Yeah. What are, what are they experiencing? What are their frustrations? What are their obstacles? And then lastly, I think you said, just essentially what I think the word is, is overflow. Yeah. I've, I've learned that if the opportunity has come, yeah. nobody's asking me to go deep. 
share what comes natural to me because yeah. I've already gone deep yeah. because of my You've done the work. I've done the work, and yeah. it's 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 shaped my uh, you know my presentation flow because yeah. I used to think I need to super duper prepare for a presentation yep. when. Dude, they they actually need the ABCs coming out from my mouth because yeah. the way I say ABCs is going to be different than somebody who's just starting out. Right, it's going to sound revolutionary to yeah. them. They're going to be like, the the light makes your phone look like that. <laughs> I, I had no idea it was about lighting. I've been sitting in front of my window the wrong way. Yeah, and it's it's the it's the it's the authority comes from the yeah. ABCs of yeah. of me going deep in my own time and my experiences and stuff like that. But that's a that's a killer framework right there. Yeah, I, and. I think it, yeah, it applies to any, that's what I love about what you do is that this is so, um, multifaceted. It reaches so many different, like you can reach a youth pastor, a senior pastor, a business person, entrepreneur, like ev- these are kingdom principles yeah, right. that are, they, they are far reaching. Yeah. They work in, in any context. I so, love my, my mentor, Myron Golden says, um, principles, God's principles are his automation. Hmm. If you just implement the principle, yeah. the thing will happen. Back to like the water. Yeah. It's yep. a principle. Yep. Like if you, then I, you know, if you do this, then I can yes. do this. And um, and it, that's why that's why you can do things without repentance and right. it'll still things will good things could still happen. The gifts, yeah. the calling and gifts from God are right. are without repentance. So dang. Yeah. Uh dude, so good. So, you know, you have been preaching for how long? Since 2000, my first sermon was in, it was a Thanksgiving message. Um, it was Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, it was uh, November 2005. Wow. So like eight, 18 years. That's, that's wild. Like that. Yeah. Um, and, and my dad, I was Yeah, that's what 18. my question My question is, I want to go back to when, who who made Dan Fernan? You know, who, who <sighs> made sure that when they were absent, you were equipped? Yeah. I mean, my, my da- first of all, like my dad gave me opportunity. Um, I know not everyone is going to have like their dad being, you know, a pastor in that role. But my dad, he said, the first time I preached, he said, he was like, you were so rough, like around the edges. But he was like, I saw this like diamond with like all the stuff around it, like all the crap that needed to be kind of honed and removed and all that. But there's also a level of this that I think we do need to talk through is like it's it's gifting and like there are some people that do have like you kind of have the raw gifting i think from the beginning i i did have like a i also liked i i was in a band i performed in front of people right like i wrote song i did musical production i was in plays so i always liked the audience kind of thing but preaching and loving the audience is it you know, if they merge too much, um, you're going to love the crowd and despise like your own self and leader, you know, Jesus and all that stuff. So I I think I always, the gifting was there, but there was a lot of work that had to be done. I had done an internship in Louisiana and they were very like, it was like zeal without knowledge. Um, you just, it was like passion, passion, like prayer and evangelism, but like it just, it lacked a lot of the the foundation. And I'm like looking back at some sermons, like that was really off. A lot of our theology came from some kind of wonky um, understanding of scripture. So then moving back to LA, um, going to college, like I think education, look, whether it is at a 
institution. I think just education is important. Investing at education in yourself is essential for your next step, whether it's a coaching cohort, yeah. whether it's a master's program or finishing your bachelor's or an AA degree, like whatever, just I... I know that we have this thing in our mind right now that like, oh, I don't need an education. You have your degree. Yeah, I do. I have my degree. There are a lot of people, and it's sometimes, well, that's not what I want to learn, but it's the discipline of learning. Bro, that's what a disciple is. That's a what a disciple is. student. Yes. And I think we get too caught up in like, but that's not the subject of what I want. It's like, I get it. You're going to learn certain things, but- It's the skill of learning. You don't want to learn. Yeah. But it's that you are learning the skill. Somebody, you are paying- to be disciplined yes. to learn. Yeah. And it's hard. So I'm starting my master's program and I'm nervous because I've been in, like, got my degree, cool, chilling, doing ministry, the whole thing. And then all of a sudden it's like someone's going to tell me, hey, you don't really know a whole lot. And I'm like, dang it. But I love it. Yeah. It's like there's so much more to learn. Dude. That's such a healthy feeling. Yeah. So, I, you know. We I, say, like, the number one, the number one cost that will make or the number one most expensive thing we'll pay in our life is not a house. Yeah. It's what we do not know. Hmm. And wow. the the cost yeah. to not know is infinite. Dude, absolutely. So I, yeah, I think investing in yourself and learning, and that's for me, what Life, Life Pacific, when I started going there, um, it changed everything. What I was able to teach you guys in those seven weeks and even in the five years that I was here in Vegas Honestly, in, in those leadership nights at my house, that which honestly are some of the, my favorite times, yeah. it was just it was stuff that I learned in, in college, Bible study lessons and things that from doing assignments, it's education that really yeah. helped me, and then obviously the practicum side of actually taking the education and then just doing it, yeah, like over and over and learning and do, and learning and doing it, learning and doing it. Um, that was essential. So I, I don't know. You asked me like, how did I meet, become me or whatever years of also traveling and speaking has kind of, it opens up your awareness that there are different ways of how people do ministry. And I'm fully aware. And I think that's why stylistically I'm a little bit more cautious and like putting a style on people like do, do be just like me. No, be you. But like, hey, here's a substance that can is can fit for everyone. Like, yeah. here's how to do something with substance. And your style's gonna come later. Um, but I, that's that was kind of my journey. And being here in Vegas was, I mean, it was a game changer for me. Being around a lot of well-known preachers and leaders, and like that rubbing shoulders with like worldwide ministries that are yeah. communicators. It's like you just get around people like that silently kind of just in the background, you're going to, you're going to learn something and your world's going to expand already. So, so good. Yeah. Yeah. And like he was talking about, like there was a season where dude, there was a season like on, a, a, in, from, from me and Amanda's standpoint of things, there was a season we had a, a student small group on Sunday evenings. Uh, then we had a young adult group on Monday, Monday evenings. Oh, yeah. Then we had Tuesday leadership at your house and you Wednesday always just brought, youth. yeah. And then we had Wednesday night youth. <laughs> yeah. Thursday was the first like day off, I guess night off we would have. Yep. And then Friday, you kind of that was our that was our day off because that's what we were working at, at church, the church. Yeah. And then Saturday it was back at it. Yep. You know we had we had Sunday Saturday night church, and that was probably a I think a two and a half three year yeah. you know uh, thing. And 
like when I look back, I was like, how in the world did we do that? Um, But it was so foundational. Yeah. But I think it was just, it just goes to show like the fruit of discipline, of being disciplined is, is showing up consistently. Yeah. For other people. Yeah. So because you were a disciplined student, you were able to show up consistently as a leader. Yep. And, you know, I'm sure you had nights where you're like, what the heck am I going to talk about? Or, or like, yeah. but, but because you had the discipline in place, yep. it, it, dude, it's that compound thing over time where there is no shortcut, Mm-mm. you know, as, as much as we'd like the, the quick fix or yeah. the quick thing, it's just committing to be a disciplined student. And what's totally. cool about the, the pastor Javen illuminated this, uh, couple weekends ago at church was that there's a difference between a, a believer and a disciple. Yeah. But Jesus says to the disciple and to the, dis- when you become a disciplined student and you, you, you know, the truth, what happens? The truth will set you free. Yeah. That freedom is for the disciple yeah. and believers pray for freedom, but they don't even know the truth. They just, so, be- not, yeah. so they don't experience that freedom. Yeah. Dude. And I think that consistency factor uh, one of my biggest fears of like when I started preaching and the whole journey of like being a youth pastor, all that stuff is this, I'm like, how the heck am I going to come up with things to say every single week on, on a Tuesday night, on a Wednesday night, sometimes you'll preach on Sunday, sometimes, sometimes preach on Sunday. I'm like, how in the world? It, it was like daunting when yeah. you think about that. But I, I, for 18 years, I've had something to say consistently and during those seasons two three times a week consistently um and that really i think there's an element to this too man that i think we i don't i'd be remiss to not mention but man when you are in this space like of like you know the the kingdom uh the ministry space we can, we can get very strategy based and i think that's important yeah but dude, there will never be anything that will take the place of time with Jesus, like uh, an actual right. relationship with Jesus. Like it's just, you can't fake that. Yeah. Stra- as much strategy and as much of the, the leadership conferences and all the things you do, man, nothing. Like there's a simple statement like in scripture, they, they were unlearned men, but they recognized them as being men who had been with Jesus. And some people use that as like, see, I don't need education. No, no, that's not the point, right? <laughs> point is they were recognized as men who were with Jesus. And ultimately, I'm like, all the stuff I do, I have to come back to. And, and, and part of what that fear of I'm not going to be able to, bro, if I would just keep my relationship with Jesus, I, I really believe that God loves me and he loves the people I'm leading enough to keep that connection, right? And like our connection, but to always be downloading, to always be, it's like, I'm a, I'm a conduit, right? I'm a conduit. I'm a conduit to, <laughs> I don't know do why it. Like, you can do it. Um, but I'm like, when you're in positions of leadership, I, I really think you are graced to be in those spaces. And if I just trust Jesus and I'm in relation with Jesus, I feel like Jesus, like, I love those people more than you do. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you what you need to, to help them and to feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And I think you're, we're just constantly going to be getting content and getting things to say. And that's, that's been my journey is I, I don't feel like I've had to force things. Mm -hmm. I've just been like, I don't know. I love Jesus a lot. 
Yeah. And even in the tough, and you know, I mean, bro, we could, they say in a podcast, about that, <laughs> but I could talk about the pain and the failures and all this stuff. But even in that man, like to see the faithfulness of Jesus and to, went through a season of not preaching for a while, almost a year. And like, is my identity in preaching or is it like Jesus? Yeah. I really love Jesus. It's getting back to that point. And then from that place, kind of coming back to the preaching aspect. So beautiful. Dude, so encouraging, so insightful. Um, you encourage me. Up. I'm proud of you. Thanks, you, man. You've, this is incredible. We're sitting here in like a God dream, legit. No, this it's, is awesome. it's unreal. Damn. I couldn't have thought this would be where it would be. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I, I like I think about 2015 or 2016, yeah. whenever Yeezy Turtle Doves came out, I felt like that was like a very 15. like, yeah, so shortly after that, I went on my journey to, yeah. to pursue entrepreneurship and yeah. even what that looks like and then was a part of church planting um, and just to see all that's God's in. It's unreal, yeah. dude. Um, it's incredible. But but definitely teaching, you've taught me just to be intentional, to, to be a thinker and uh, and to think about, you know, what I'm doing. And I would, I would just, I can attribute that to even my business success because now mm -hmm. I'm able to give that to people yeah. who need to learn the skill of video. Right. And so um, you're, you're, not you're helping giving, so many people. You're not giving people fish. You're teaching people how to fish. That's literally what you're doing. That's it. <laughs> Let's end it there. I appreciate you. Love you so much. Love you, man. Um, where can people find you? Uh, what you got going on? Dan Fernand. Instagram. Um, I'm at Life Pacific University, campus pastor there. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm doing. All right. Check out links in description because I told him build an email list. So he probably has something in the, the right now <laughs> yeah. that you should just go get for free yep. or maybe for a dollar. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that'll lead you maybe down a path if you're trying to level up your communication, your preaching. Yeah. Um, but love you so much. I'll, love I'll, you, man. We'll catch you in another episode. Peace. Peace. <laughs>